This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 108 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Life lessons without the blood. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our title sponsor is Omega Alpha. You can find them at omegaalpha.ca. This episode is also sponsored by Equestrian Collections at equestriancollections.com. Plus, Uncle Jimmy's brand products. You can find them online at uncle-jimmys.com. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hell, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop cause it's time again for stable scoop. Stable scoop. Stable scoop. Stable scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Boy, I'm in for it today. I heard the name of this show, and I said, you planned this one, and I'm going, oh, no. <laughs> life lessons without the blood. Now, I have had many life lessons with blood, so we're not <laughs> talking about that today. <laughs> blood, broken bones, dirt, titanium. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I have had a few life lessons like that, for sure. <laughs> yes, well, today's show is going to focus on some of the lessons that we've learned without the bloodletting. Uh, okay, all right, good. All right, because, you know, I wasn't prepared. I didn't have my, uh, my emergency kit here. <laughs> uh, so we do have a fun show planned today. You, uh, you lined up a guest for us. But first, before we get to that, we're going to have the Hot Off the Web segment, which we haven't done in a while, with Darcy Lambert's going to join us again and talk to us about some cool pics she has of uh, Facebook fan pages that, that she likes and she thinks everybody should check out. We have we've uh, missed having her on here recently. I know. I know. We got to do that more often. And so what do you what's the idea of today's show? Well, you know, because I'm always thinking and you're not, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought that we would we could spend a little bit of time. I have learned so much in the last six months just from firsthand experiences. And you know me and I'm just like your wife. Give me a book about horses and I will stick my head in it and not come out until I've read every single word. And um, and I take advice of those who've gone before me. But there's really something to be said for experiencing and learning things firsthand because you just never know what you're going to learn or what doors are going to open um, because you decided to just close your eyes and sort of jump. Well, we should say, too, that you've had an interesting six months. You've moved to a new place, new state, uh, a new kind of culture, really, where you moved to from where you were. You, you bought a horse and went through that whole process for 16 years of looking. Right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, you've had a lot, and now you're building a barn. You've had a lot of things happen. So we'll expound upon those a little bit. And I think that, you know, because you've had a lot of life in the last six months. Yes. And know. in the last year, yes. So there was bound to be some lessons along that, that uh, path. That's and, right. 
And, you know, we've, my wife and I certainly have had a lot of life in the last 25 years. Well, um, but you too have also had a lot of, a lot of changes. You've got Beaker in your lives yep. now. You've got the Horse Radio Network. Uh, you know, there's, WEG is coming up. You're meeting all kinds of people and creating all kinds of relationships with others in the horse world. I think that we've had so much to learn just from what we've lived, the lives we've lived in the last year. That's correct. That is true. And we're going to talk about that. And then you have a guest coming up later, too, somebody that you know. Yes, yes. Nora Harris, who's a a professional trainer here in New England. And um, I love her background. She's got uh, uh, formal equine education, and she's combined that with uh, a professional horse career. And I think she has a very interesting perspective to add to, um, you know, going from a formal, formal life lessons to first-hand uh, experience, see where she's going. And she's in her 20s, so she's a little bit, she's, you know, a younger generation than you and I. Right. Certainly me. Um, right. But she, uh, so it's going to be interesting. You know, you've told me a lot about her. I have not spoken to her yet. And you said, you know, she's much wiser than her years. So, I, you know, that's going to be interesting to chat about that, too. Yeah, she's in a good position. And I think she represents um, a lot of what today's, upcoming horse professionals can be. I think, I think the days of, you know, the struggling artists, I think the struggling Mm -hmm. horse professionals, I think those are coming to an end and Nora represents the possibilities. And I think she's what, you know, from what notes you've said and from what you've told me about her and what you and I believe is that you've got to put more effort into being a professional nowadays. You've got to get your certifications if you want to be an instructor. If you want to be serious about this, you have to spend more time being serious about it. That's right. It's just like any other profession, any other career now. It's it's not, you know, being into horses isn't just a side thing anymore. Yeah, it's not just playing in the barn anymore. No, it's a viable career. Yep. All right. So, but first we have a couple of uh, housekeeping notes that we have to go over. And (laughs) I need to remind everybody about our WAG coverage, the World Equestrian Games, is coming up in 16 days. So we need to talk a little bit about what we're doing here at the Horse Radio Network, and we're doing a lot. We have the 2010 radio show, which, of course, is the World Equestrian Games radio show. We've been doing it for two years, and we will be doing everyday coverage during the World Equestrian Games. We'll be putting out a show every night. We're recording it at the International Equestrian Festival at 7 o'clock in front of an audience every night. That's going to be awesome. I know, and Samantha and I are looking forward to that. Samantha's my co-host, and she probably has, you know, I don't think I'm going to offend Helena. She probably has one of the best voices on the Horse Radio Network. Oh, she does. Even I love to listen to her. You can listen to that all day. And she is going to be with me down at the International Question Festival at the Convention Center at 7 o'clock every night, along with some riders and some uh, friends that we're going to drag along to provide a wrap-up show every day. That'll come out about 9 o'clock every night at 2010radioshow.com and all of our affiliate sites. So you'll be able to listen to that wrap-up show every night, and we'll get some coverage from the day. And at the end of every one of those shows, we're going to do something fun because there's a lot of fun things going on beside the competitions at the WEG. And Chris, on the eventing, jumping, and dressage radio shows, is doing daily coverage during those events. So she's putting out four special episodes of each of her shows, and she's going to be actually recording those in front of an audience on stage right in the middle of 
the all-tech experience at the World Equestrian Games. Oh, my God. Well, she has experience doing that stuff in person, doesn't she? Yeah, and she? she's going to have an audience. I mean, they're tying her into the sound system at the all-tech experience. So. Oh, I would just choke. <laughs> just <laughs> hard enough time at a trade show. <laughs> and she'll have, of course, all the top riders on. She knows them all, and they're on her shows all the time. So you can follow those on her websites at Eventing Dressage and JumpingRadioShow.com exclusively there. So you can uh, follow that or on any of our affiliate sites as well. So we're going to be doing a multitude of different coverages. If you want to gain some of the atmosphere and flavor and get, you know, the background noise of us being there and, and us share with you some of what we're experiencing. And really, we're going to help you be like you were there. So that's that's our goal here at the Horse Radio Network. We can do that through sound in a way that you can't do it on a written word. So we're hoping to uh, help you help accomplish that for you. Also, I wanted to remind you that you can listen to all of our shows on the iPhone app with Hallway Feeds. And that's H-A-L-L-W-A-Y Feeds. You can look it up on the App Store on on the iPhone, and you can stream all of our shows right there. Just the first thing on their app is Horse Radio. Hallway Feeds is a well-known and well-liked feed company here in Lexington, and they have a great iPhone app that ha- it's all kinds of different news from the horse world, and we're one of those things. And, and so if you want to stream our shows, you can do that on the iPhone. And also, I wanted to mention, Helena, that our other show, Tack and Habit, it's the last week that we're doing five products from the ADA International Trade Show. Yeah, we should call that a marathon. It was. Tack and Habit Marathon. It was. So if you want to hear the last five products, and then we're going back to two products a week starting next week. Okay. Thank goodness. I'm tired. <laughs> now with now coming up with the Stable Scoop show, I need to talk a little bit about our what we're doing during WAG. We actually have recorded some shows that I had the opportunity to do with some guest co-hosts over the I last know. couple of weeks. So Helena and I will be back with you again next week, sort of with a, a World Question Games preview show. But you guys can send me fan mail to make me feel better during my hiatus. <laughs> and then after next week, there's going to be four weeks of uh, fill-in hosts. But we have, we have some fantastic shows coming up in those four weeks. You don't what want to miss them. What am I going to do without the craziness of Stable I know. Scoop? You're going to have a month off of no. Attack and Habit and Stable Scoop. Right. Attack well, and Habit. Get will get my took us out to WEG. And that's right. <laughs> plenty to do. They'll both be, uh, they'll both be g- going on. We will not miss a week on any of the shows on the Horse Radio Network. It's just that some of them we had to pre-record, but I guarantee you're going to like them. We had some fun topics, and we had some very uh, famous people on the Stable Scoop show uh, that are coming up as well. So you'll, you'll want to tune in for that. And I think that's about all the notes I had here, Helena. Oh, it's that just, would be lovely. There's just so much going on, you know? I'm just getting a little tired of listening to you go on and on. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, uh, and then we'll be back with Darcy with her uh, segment called Hot Off the Web. And this is going to be a little different commercial for us. We had the opportunity while we were at the ADA International Trade Show in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago to have a little bit of a conversation with Dr. Gordon Chang, who is the founder and owner of Omega Alpha, who is our title sponsor. And it was a very interesting conversation that we thought we would share with you here on the Stable Scoop show. So this is, this is about, I think it was about five minutes, wasn't it, Helena? And uh, we just found it fascinating. So here is uh, Dr. Chang. 
Well, we want to welcome Dr. Chang to the show. Dr. Chang is uh, with Omega Alpha. Helena, of course, we know that very well. Dr. Chang is the title sponsor with Omega Alpha of our other radio show, the Stable Scoop Radio Show. So welcome. Thank you, Glenn and Helena, for having me here. All right, so much fun, and we're so glad that you can make it down from Canada to all the way to this show. It's a long drive. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> I bet it was. Don't you have a supplement to make that drive? Oh, uh, <laughs> I wish. Or booze. Yeah, <laughs> Except I think there's a problem with driving with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that usually is an issue, even That's in the right. United States. That's right. <laughs> So now I made a comment earlier uh, that we have been, we we have a large listener base in Canada. It's our second largest listener base is Canada, a country. And I always we have had such a good experience with the Canadians being such nice people. And that's the stereotype. And it's a stereotype we think is true. So whether you agree or not, it doesn't matter. We, we love, think it's true. We love that's us right. Some Canadian. <laughs> so now tell us. You had a question for him. We really wanted to get answered. They have a whole line of products where. We're really not going to talk about any one particular product today, but you had a question about a, a, a line of products. Well, yeah, because uh, the, there's so much in the um, in the equine supplement and, and nutraceutical world. Um, the, one of the buzzwords that keeps coming up, and I really don't know too much about it, is probiotics. What does it mean? What does it do? Well, well, Helena and Glenn, probiotics—they're basically what we call good bacteria. No, to be fair, there's nothing inherently good or bad about a, ba about a bacteria. I Meaning bacteria doesn't go to church, so you don't have good bacteria that way. <laughs> the reason we call them good bacteria is because uh, the body can handle the waste products produced by these bacteria better than the waste products produced by the, ba the so-called bad bacteria. And I put those in quotation marks, okay? Okay. Now... For the horse, the bacteria is very important because if it wasn't for bacteria, horses could eat and they would literally starve because what bacteria does, it actually helps digest protein down to amino acids, which the horses can then absorb. It breaks down cellulose to simple sugars, which are, which the horses can then absorb. Okay. Right. So that's why it's very important for, back, for the bacteria. So this quote-unquote good bacteria takes... The amino acids it takes breaks a, it down no, into sugars? It takes a protein to break it down to amino acid. Right. It takes um, like cellulose fibers and breaks it down to sugars. Okay. It takes carbohydrates and breaks it down to sugars, okay. which the horse can then absorb. The okay. horse is good at absorption, but it not, it's not good at digesting. Okay. Right. Now, the, the, the thing about bacteria is that one of the biggest things that people get confused with something called a prebiotic, versus a probiotic, right? What prebiotics are, are basically food to feed bacteria. And that's why it's called a prebiotic. Okay. Right? Now, not all probiotics are built equally. Okay? What's the, the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic? Oh, sorry. A prebiotic is a fiber. Usually it's, it's meant, it's like inulin or some, some, also known as FOS, fructooligosaccharides, right? Okay. And these are things that the probiotics will feed on, right? Or all bacteria will feed on. And the idea is that if you give prebiotics to your animal, the probiotics will feed on that and will help it to grow. Okay, so a probiotic is a quote-unquote good bacteria. That's right. Okay, I got you. And that's a major difference. Now, okay. one of the things I will say about probiotics, I mean, everybody thinks about lactobacillus. Um, like in yogurt? Acidophilus. Acidophilus, acidophilus like, yeah. Which you'll, you won't find that in yogurt, but they use good bacteria to make yogurt. Right? Oh, okay. No, but the thing about... See how little I know? <laughs> I'm so misinformed. She likes yogurt, though. Oh, well, that's good. But what I also tell people... Just 
just because they're probiotics, it doesn't make them totally 100% good because, to be fair, if I was to take all the bacteria out of the horse's body and put acidophilus alone in, and so the whole gut is populated only with acidophilus, you will have a very sick horse. And the, rash, the reason for that is because, yes, the horse's immune system can handle waste products produced by a probiotic, but it can only handle so much. And if you take everything out and just replace it with one type of bacteria, you will be producing, for, for the sake of images, instead of one bucket full a day, you'll be producing a container load a day. The, the body can probably handle a wheelbarrow full a day, but if you give it a, con- a container load, you'll have a very sick horse. Okay. All right, so it all boils down to quantity. Too much of a good thing is not necessarily a good thing. Okay. So usually what we suggest is if you're going to feed probiotics to your horse, take a, 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 some, a product with a variety of probiotics in there. So it's not just single acidophilus. You know, you have a whole bunch of different probiotics together mixed in. Okay, so All you right? have a variety. That's right. That, that creates that balance. That's right. And balance is the key here. But more importantly, is when you feed it to your animal, one of the pe- things that people don't realize about probiotics is that probiotics are very fragile. Because as, soon as, it, you, as soon as a horse eats it, it hits the stomach first. Well, the problem with hitting the stomach is that there's a huge pool of acid there, and acid kills off probiotics. So what we did at Omega Alpha, we, we, we were a little bit smarter. We said, well, we know that's going to kill it off. However, if we add some what we call soluble fiber, right, as soon as the soluble fiber gets wet, it forms like a gelatinous paste. Mm-hmm. So if it tra- that gelatinous paste will trap the good probiotics, and it prevents also the acids from attacking the probiotics. So what, what you'll have happening, you'll have much higher percentage of the probiotics surviving its initial passage through the stomach. Now, as, it, as this blob of probiotics immersed, enmeshed in, um, in uh, fiber moves down the gastrointestinal tract, the, its motion breaks up that, that chunk, and you'll get, it, it, so it releases the probiotics all its way along the GI tract, which is a good thing because then you have a, a higher percentage surviving and implanting along the GI tract. Okay, so that's where it does its work. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think did you, I'm <laughs> just. I'm, I was like, I still. To say. Wait a minute. I was still stuck on uh, not too much of a good thing is a good thing. So I was wondering if that applies to chocolate. <laughs> Every chocolate is a good thing, but again. Oh, don't say not, it. You're going to ruin you, my fantasy. You can't live on it. <laughs> Well, Dr. Chang, you have a ton of good products. We talk about them every week over on the Stable Scoop radio show. Uh, what's the website? www.omegaalpha.ca. For Canada? Canada. And it's all in the U.S. It's omegaalphaequine.com. Okay, that's very good. Well, thank you for joining us and uh, helping to clarify Helena's question a little it. bit. I learned something new. There we go. Thank you for having me on again. Thanks. Our pleasure. Well, we thank Dr. Chang for joining us, and we appreciate their support of the Stable Scoop show, and we hope that you, su- you support them by visiting OmegaAlpha.com. Well, Helena, it's time for Darcy with Hot Yay. Off the Web. Hey. Howdy, Darcy. It's been a while. Hi. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. We haven't Great. had a web update in a long time. You've been busy out there running your barn and doing your thing and training horses. Yeah, I found some time to play on Facebook last night. I found a couple of new pages. Well, I noticed some postings on Facebook about midnight or a little after. So you were up late last night. I was. It was a good night to play on the computer. 
So tell us what you found for us. Cool on Facebook. Darcy comes on and does our Facebook updates on pages that we should follow, Facebook fan pages that we should check out. And you and I, Helena, we have no idea what she's talking about today. So No, well, <laughs> Facebook is so big. I know. It's so unbelievably big. If Even it wasn't, since we talked to you last. Yeah, I, without Darcy's picks, I wouldn't know half of what's out there. All right. So go ahead. Give us yeah. the first one. What do we got? All right. The first one is Very Funny Horse Bumper Stickers. Oh, there we go. That's the name of the page. And I got on here and I played for like two hours. (laughs) Now we know why she was up till two in the morning. (laughs) It's so funny and so addicting. Okay, I'm there. So it's just people that have put up uh, what they've seen on bumper stickers or tell us the idea. It's the company um, that makes all the bumper stickers you see in the feed stores and tax shops. Okay. Um, it's that company, Horse Hollow Press. We interviewed we her. Them, right? Tack and Habit. Yeah, we had her on Tack and Habit a couple weeks ago. Oh, June Evers, really? and it's Horse Hollow Press. That's correct. Yes. Yeah. I didn't well, know she have, didn't say she had a Facebook page. They have a very cool Facebook page. It was founded, well, I guess their business was founded in 1990. And they have 1,866 people that like their page. And they just they post something every day that's funny. <laughs> and it's actually a bumper sticker. What they post, you can get in a bumper sticker. This one's too long for a bumper sticker. But I want to die peacefully in my sleep like my grandfather, not screaming and yelling like the passengers in his car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're, and they're not all horse-related. Most of them are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you could just to go down through them are really funny. Oh, these are funny. I like this. If you can read this, I've lost my trailer. <laughs> <laughs> this one's me. The voices in my head may not be real, but they have some good ideas. Yeah, I thought of you when I saw that. You did? <laughs> yeah. Uh, these are really yeah. good. Yeah, there's some really good ones. Yeah, Horse Hollow Press, we have, uh, yeah, if you guys really want to hear the story, the backstory of Horse Hollow Press, tune into Tack and Habit sometime in the next couple of weeks. Well, actually, <laughs> I think we already did that one. Let me look that up quick. Did we, was, she might have been the first one. I think she was on the first one that we did from the Ada uh, International Trade Show, and that was uh, episode 15. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm taking a look now to see. It's, it's funny you picked her. Um, that is. You know, she might not have been on yet. So, well, that's okay. It's a good excuse to go and listen to Tack and Habit. Uh, We're going to have her on. Here's another one. Auntie M, hate you. Hate Kansas. Taking the dog, Dorothy. (laughs) (laughs) One of the people that posts on that page, it's an actual page called, Are You Going to Cowboy Up or Lay There and Bleed? Yes. Um, They have some funny stuff on their page, too. Um, (laughs) These are really good. if If I can't be skinny, let my friends be fat. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's kind of a funny page there that's that's just i'm just going off into another direction that's not really my second page this one's you darcy saw it What's wanted that? it pitched a fit got it <laughs> that's perfect oh, thanks a lot <laughs> i was kind of thinking that was like me too so you're in good company darcy no worries did you read the one that says out of my mind back in five minutes, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> i love it I think this one, I, what I want to know is why can't my human come up with something stupid like Hello Kitty and make millions so I may live in splendor? <laughs> Where's my agent? <laughs> oh, my. Oh my. She now, is funny. Go there, 
Go you, ahead. Do you know that all those bumper stickers, and it's true, almost every bumper sticker you'll see in a tax shop is one of hers, and she she comes up with all those herself. Wow. Yeah, she does. That's, That's amazing. right. Do you remember, Helena? She said when she d- they just come to her, you know, yeah. and, and she doesn't really sit down to think of them. They just come to her. And and, and when she tries to sit down and think of them, they stink. Right. So they do, right. 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 Uh, we had this one when I grew up. I want to be a dually. We did have that one. In, uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, there's one on the photos page. It says horses are afraid of two things. One, things that move. Two, things that don't. <laughs> That would be my horse. (laughs) Yeah, you've had a few of those, haven't you, Darcy? Yeah, we can relate to that. Well, this is good. This this is very funny horse bumper stickers. All right, sold. We like it. It's approved. Okay, good deal. And we'll put links on our show notes at stablescoop.com. If you're you're cleaning stalls now going, I don't remember that, just go to stablescoop.com in the show notes. And the second one. The second one is just called horse. Just horse? H-O-R-S-E. Oh. Okay, let me see if I can okay. find that one. A real pretty picture of a bay, um, just in a halter. Oh, wow, I'm not coming up with it. Coming no, up with I'm coming up with Whistle, others. Grin, and Ride. Horse. Hmm. Hey, horse, horse Tip Daily. That's one of it's ours. Horse and a Half <laughs> Blog. Horse, I found it. Yes, with I see. Bay horse with the halter and shank. Yeah, and it's uh, 28,000 followers. Wow. That's a nice photo. Yes, I did. Good. 28,000. Kind of a neat site. They don't update it very often, um, but what is on there is really unique. So why'd you like it? What's unique about it? Um, Well, they have the upcoming events. They have photos of people's horses, um, comments, comments. you know you ride horses when almost every afternoon is spent in the barn and you find yourself clicking at your car when stuck in traffic. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There's uh, really unique videos from upper-level shows. Did you guys see the video, the racing video of of the wife one? Mm -mm. What? Did you see that one? Oh, oh, heck, now I forget the name of it. Uh, Give me a second. Um, it was an actual race, and the two horses had the had a wife name in them, and and this actually happened. I'm looking it up now. You know what's cool about this? this is what is fun. that? Oh God, horse guts! Oh God, there's right. everything on this site. Okay, are you guys ready for a little bit of this? This is actually a really good site. Take, take a listen. Okay. To a little bit of this. This is an actual race that happened. At Mammoth Park. Oh, yes. Did you I know hear this one? About, yes. Yeah. Did you hear this one, Darcy? No, I didn't. Okay. My wife knows everything it's called. <laughs> All right. It's coming up here. Hopefully we have some volume. There we, there we go. Look. As they move for the first turn. On the far outside, Little Miss Macho is going up. After that tardy start, all the way up to battle with the leaders. On the lucky side is next. A ground-saving trip for Morningside Heights. Late for class in Miss Tallahassee. Or in the back of the field as Lady Mutata leads the way to the back stretch. And Little Miss Macho is second through a quarter of 24 and 2 fifth seconds. Rojo's tuned third at the rail. 
And then comes My oh. Wife Knows Everything and The Wife Doesn't Know, followed by Eleni's Hope on the inside. I'm going to skip towards the end of the race. This is the, this is the really funny part here. My uh, Wife Knows Everything. Center of the track, The Wife Doesn't Know. Into the final <laughs> furlong. My Wife Knows Everything. The Wife Doesn't Know. They're one, two. Of course they are. My Wife Knows Everything in front. To the outside, The Wife Doesn't Know. My Wife Knows Everything. The Wife Doesn't Know. My Wife Knows Everything. More than the wife doesn't know. This Tallahassee was third, and Morningside Heights was fourth. Yeah! (laughs) Wow. Do you think the announcer had fun with that one? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, how funny. (sighs) All right, so that's Just Horse. If they look up Just Horse, and we'll put a link to it in our show notes as well. Um and it does have it. it has a whole bunch of different links on here and helena got quiet so she's been looking at them but, <laughs> it's a really like, variety really it is it's very broad and they're like p- fans post their photos up and they come from all over the world so there'd be a really nice picture of like a girl jumping and and the descriptions in italian and what's neat about this one is it looks like it was started by a random person not a company or anything because there's nothing on the info page so obviously they just wanted it to be about horses that's uh, it's really actually good i thought because it was just so generic it wouldn't be really interesting but i i could see myself clicking around at till two o'clock in the morning all right i just liked that one (laughs) (laughs) all right darcy well we appreciate you coming on and giving us these uh tips on the things we should check out and i've just liked two more and june will appreciate the plug over there for uh for horse hollow press and her bumper stickers as well so great so we appreciate it all right. Thanks, Darcy. Have a great right, day. Take care, guys. You okay, too. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, you know what? I love that Darcy comes on because she gives me more stuff to waste my time with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's not, any horse sites are not a waste of time. And I am so addicted to Facebook. I love it. I love that you can connect and you can share things. That's the best part about Facebook is I'm going to go to these, I'm already a fan of both of these Facebook pages and I'm going to just spread the word to everybody I know. There, there you go. All right, and we're going to take a minute to uh, to talk about one of our wonderful sponsors, Uncle Jimmy's Brand Uncle Pollocks. Jimmy! Woohoo! I love Uncle Jimmy. Regular listeners to the Stable Scoop Show know that Glenn and I absolutely adore Uncle Jimmy and his fantastic line of products. His products have the highest quality ingredients, and that's why they've taken off like they have. Uncle Jimmy's Brand Products knows that you need to reward your horse outside of his stall, and that's why they developed Uncle Jimmy's Squeezy Buns. Squeezy buns are all natural and loaded with nutritional ingredients for your horse. Unlike similar products on the market, they're individually wrapped to preserve freshness and eliminate mess. With competitive pricing and Uncle Jimmy's quality guarantee, the squeezy buns promise to be a hit among horses and horse lovers alike. And the squeezy buns make great pill poppers for yeah, those you of you. you <laughs> stuff your pill in there and you can wrap the squeezy bun around it and your horse doesn't even know it's in there. Pill poppers for those drug addicted horses <laughs> out there. I happen to have a huge tub of squeezy buns. And the funny thing is my horses love them. They drool. They're, I mean, they get a little fresh when they hear the wrapper. That's the only problem with these things is you have to unwrap them far away because the horses love them so much. And they um, are very fresh. They're soft. They're soft. So that's why you can nice wrap the you, pill around them. Or you wrap can. Around the pill. And you can, yeah. like, I use them for training. So I'll, I'll break one apart, you know, and then I just sort of squeeze one into a smaller little ball and I use that for clicker training. And so it's really, it's, they're very convenient. Absolutely love them. Cool. So you can learn more about 
all of Uncle Jimmy's products, including Squeezy Buns, at uncle-jimmys.com. And that's J-I-M-M-Y-S, uncle-jimmys.com. I have to say real quick, remember he gave us the shirts? You got one, too. Mm-hmm. It says, Got Balls, because he also makes Uncle Jimmy's Hanging Balls. Yep. And uh, the, on the front, it says, Got Balls Really Big. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I've been wearing that out. That gets quite a reaction. People take a double take when you wear a big shirt oh, that yes. says, Got Balls on the front. Yes, I know. I had to go running out for something, I think maybe to, to meet Grace at the bus or whatever, and I didn't have a ch- I didn't have any clean clothes, so I, I threw on my, my T-shirt, and boy, did I get the hairy apple. <laughs> <laughs> and on the back, it says Uncle Jimmy's hanging balls real big. I know. Yeah. I said, hey, they're one of our sponsors. <laughs> yeah, we have to wear their shirt. <laughs> People say, what kind of business are you in? All right. Why don't you introduce our next, next guest? All right. Our next guest is Nora Harris. She's a trainer and instructor specializing in Hunseat and dressage. She graduated summa cum laude from Virginia Intermont College with a degree in equine studies and a focus on equestrian sports psychology, something that <laughs> firsthand and that I need. <laughs> no comment. Oh, I am such a freak in the saddle. It's not even funny. Uh, anyway, Nora's intercollegiate experience was extremely successful and extensive. So today she puts her formal education and her experience to good use helping riders become effective in the saddle and competitive in the arena. All right. Well, let's get Nora on. Well, hi, Nora, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Show. Hello, Glenn and Helena. I'm excited. I'm well, excited that's good. Chat. And of course, you you uh, you're up there near Helena, and you two get together at the barn and do things together. So we really appreciate that you could you could join us today. And and we're having such a philosophical conversation today. It's tough for me, by the way. Um, it, you know, getting all deep and stuff. But but now tell us a little bit about your background. You actually when did you start with horses, and you actually went to college for horse stuff. Yes. Well, my mother was a riding instructor when she was pregnant with my sister and I. So I was the born in the saddle type, I guess you could say. Um, And in high school, I quit all my other sports and decided I was going to focus on riding. And that led me to pursue my equine studies degree at Virginia Intermont College. How cool is that? Like, I didn't even know you could go to college for horse stuff back then. (laughs) Well, it was a little tricky finding a college back then, but the programs are definitely expanding. Oh, yeah, there's there's equine study degrees in a bunch of uh, colleges now. And Virginia Intermont is a pretty, they've been around, they've had their program for a while, haven't they? Yes, since it was an all-girls college. It wasn't all girls when you went there, was it? No, it was not. I was going to say, that ruins half the fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, you're going to be... Most of the fun. <laughs> <laughs> so now you have, since then, you're, you're like, uh, certified with the uh, ARIA, right? Yes, I the am. The American Riding Instructors right. Association. Which I think yeah. is awesome. I think everybody, sh- every instructor should be certified with that group. You know me and in, my standards. In- in Humphrey and Dressage, so I'm double certified at level two. Okay, and so. that's not that's no easy thing, is it? You you've got um, give us a, just a, a brief um, synopsis of what what's required to in that those programs to get certified to that level. Um, well, there's a whole a whole slew of tests that you have to take. Um, one of which is making an actual video video of you teaching a riding lesson. Um, you have to do an oral speech. You have to take horsemanship tests. 
I had to take dressage and hunt seat tests, and um, you have to score above 90% to pass those tests. So there's no squeaking by with a C. Right. <laughs> you really have to know uh, what you're doing. And also a safety test, too. Big, big safety standards for them. So, so it was tough, but um, I, I was in school for it, so a lot of it was fresh on my mind. Um, and obviously I was used to taking tests, so that makes it a little easier, too, to pass sure. that. So... Yeah. Now, you actually worked with a uh, pretty well-known rider out there. Um, tell us about that. Um, well, when I graduated college, I was working part-time down in Bristol, Virginia, uh, at a breeding farm, and also shift-managing at Starbucks, <laughs> so really putting my equine studies degree to work. And... Um, <laughs> I got the opportunity to ride for Leslie Burr Howard in Connecticut. Oh, cool. So I actually had to send her a riding video um, so she could see my style, my skill. And she asked me to come up, and I was there for almost two years. I worked for her. Only an Olympian, um, we might mention. Only gold and silver medals for her. <laughs> and me. <laughs> so how is it now? You're doing hunt seat and dressage, yet you rode for an Olympic uh, jumper. Well, uh, jumpers falls into the category of, of hunt seat, well, I, I guess would say. It does. Yeah, and, yeah. and I would say I wouldn't be jumping those fences without a little dressage background either. That's true. <laughs> you definitely have to know your flat work to, to build a hind end that can power over a five-foot-plus six-foot-wide oxer. <laughs> it's pretty right. intimidating stuff. All right, so uh, now I have some questions for you that, that really uh, lend, get wh- where we get into our philosophical discussion today and, and our topic and our, our, our uh, title of the show today was Life Lessons. Now, you went to college for equine studies. What, where does that take you after you get out of college? Because, you know, there's a lot of people that joke about that particular degree in that you will be working at Starbucks when you get done because what can you do with it? So in looking back now, you've made a career, but, you know, you, ha- you, you had your time at Starbucks. What, you know, do you recommend the college route and that equine studies route? So just tell us what you think. There has to be a balance between education and experience. It's like any other career avenue. Um, you have to know you have to know your books. You have to know the science of horses, how their bodies work, farrier science, um, and also the behavioral aspects of working with horses. Um, but obviously, you need the life experience. You can't just read a book and and go out and ride a horse. <laughs> it doesn't really work that way. Nor can you just read a book and go out and teach riding lessons. So right, right. I, the, I was fortunate enough to have grown up with horses, so I had a strong background, and I was taught correctly as a child, thank goodness. <laughs> um, so I had a background going into the program, which helped with the hands-on part of, of the program. Um, and then I got the science behind what I was doing, which really makes it all come full circle. Was there ever a point during college or after that you said to yourself, I should have done a different major? 
I'm going to pause here and think about this. Um, <laughs> it's one of those shows uh, again. See, you Jen, making if, our guests think. If Lena's going to make me think, then you have to think too. <laughs> yes it only happens no. once a year, so bear with us. Yes and no? <laughs> yes and no. Um, I def- it's easy to get burned out doing horses. It's very physically demanding. It's very mentally challenging. And there's a lot of responsibility involved. Um, it's not like... I just go home and and forget about the horses. Um, you take it no, with you. No, I never make. I never regretted it, and that I know now. This is obviously what I was meant to do. There's right. nothing else out there for me. I don't think. I've I tried working at a bank after Leslie's. I was totally burned out, and I tried tried the nine to five, air conditioning, heat. It all sounds very glamorous. But it's so boring. Especially when you live in Rhode Island. <laughs> the so heat part. boring. I, it took me four months to go back to horses. That, That's not that a long really time. That really solidified it for me. Yeah. So, what, so you, you, you know that this is what you're destined to do. You, I'm sure that going into college and even just coming out, you had ideas and maybe hopes and dreams and, and aspirations. And then suddenly the real wor- world hits and you find yourself having to be creative um, in making a living. Because it, at, at the end of the day, no matter what degree you have, you have to be creative to make money in, in horses. So you got back into horses. Um, and then when, how did you get back into it? And then from there, where, how did you get to where you are today? And tell us what you are doing today. Um, well, when I decided I was done at the bank, I found a local barn and went to work for a well-known trainer in the area. And then I met Helena. <laughs> <laughs> then all um, downhill from there. <laughs> well, there's a lot of different ways to go about running a horse business and caring for horses and working with the people, the clients, and your coworkers. Um, and there's not a lot of regulation on it in this business. And I knew right away at that barn that it was not going the way I wanted it to go. Um, I'll leave it at that. So I knew that I wanted to branch out from there um, and found myself a position here in Tiverton as head trainer. So I really had the opportunity to put what I've learned from school and what I've learned from my experiences, what I've learned from the good trainers that I've worked with, and apply that to my very own program, just the way I like it. <laughs> so now, so you're responsible for your program, and, yeah. and, and clearly you have more control over it, so things are going the way you want for the most part. What do you find, what are your biggest challenges? What are your top two biggest challenges now that you have control over your own program? And what do you learn um, from them? My biggest challenge right now is time management. It sounds very simple, but a horse farm is a very social place for people. Um, so I have a lot of social time, so it's hard for me to stay on task. You know, I may have five horses to ride in 
a six-hour period, and I really have to stay focused to get all of that done. You, you um, know, it's funny you say that because we had the same experience when we were running a very large boarding stable. We had like 25 horses there at one point. And we just had to say to people, you know, if you want to talk to us, you have to walk along. You know, we're going to clean the stalls. We're going to be riding horses. You have to come along. And you almost get to the point where you just have to be, this is the way it is. You want to chat? You want to chat? You have to follow along. Otherwise, you're right. You don't get it done. <laughs> right. It's, it's diplomacy. I mean, do they teach you those, those types of diplomatic skills in, in school? That's one, one area that I really wasn't prepared for. Um, time management with doing homework, with, with writing on the teams, with socializing, planning all that out and, and making that happen at, at school was one thing. But here, um, I really get pulled away from the work <clears throat> on a regular basis. So it's definitely one thing that I didn't get prepped for. <laughs> Yeah. And that, that's a hard thing, too, because it's, it's you want to provide customer service, which in the horse world is sometimes just chatting. Just having a, a social conversation is really a way to develop and build your relationships with your clients. But you, it's such a fine line where you have to say, I'm sorry, but I have to get back to work. Well, and so, I, think, I think the line, though, I think what happens, and this is where you probably find you're going, Nora, is that you get better at working and chatting at the same time. Right. You're you're when you know when you're done with that task, when you're done with that student and they still want to talk, you're saddling up your horse and you're getting ready to go out to ride one of yours or you're 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 getting the horse ready for the next one or whatever it is. Are you getting better at doing both? Um what I'm getting better at I can I can always ride and talk. I can I can work and talk. What I'm getting better at is making sure that what I'm talking about is um Horse-related, yeah. not people-related, and not uh, where a, where we drank last night. Yeah, <laughs> or, well, yeah. or who's who's doing this and who's doing that, and and trying to keep people focused. If you want to talk to me, let me teach you something while I'm tacking up my horse. Not right. talk about who was riding where and selling right. what horse, and and uh, trying to keep the gossip low and. The information high. Oh, there's no really. gossip ever at Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, you know, I have to say, and and um, to to Nora's credit, uh, she has a remarkably drama free program. Um, the students there are even the new students. I mean, everybody's very, uh, very polite and warm and friendly to one another. Very supportive. Um, when one student competes, most of the rest of us come out to support them. Uh, that's no easy task especially in New England. Yeah. I was going to add this, especially in New England. But. <laughs> <laughs> we're all really catty because we're miserable as soon as summer ends, you know? Uh-oh, winter's coming. Let's I get just saw a report. I, I think I mentioned this before, Helena. I just saw a report the other day that the most miserable people in any state, this just came out, was Rhode Island. You're kidding! They're ranked the most miserable people of any state. You're st- well, oh, no. You know, it's funny because um, I was talking to a mortgage specialist the other day, and she had she helped us get our, our mortgage when we moved to Rhode Island. And she said, well, how do you like Rhode Island? And I said, well, you know, I really like Little Compton. And she laughed. <laughs> she laughed. And she said, yeah, that's about, you know, Rhode Island isn't really on the top of most people's lists. But where we are, we're sort of in no man's land. We're, we're not quite part of Rhode Island because we're so separate from the rest of the state. We're separated by so much water. And yet we're technically we're not part of Massachusetts, yet we're 
geographically more connected to Massachusetts than than Rhode Island. Um, so I'm not surprised to hear that, that uh, <laughs> folks in Rhode Island are a little troubled. <laughs> That's why you want me to move to Little Compton. There I you want, go. See, I it's, want everybody it's the, to move it's, to Little it's well, the no. w- one little place of heaven in Rhode Island. But no, Newport is is amazing. Are I, you I in guess- Newport? I live in Newport, yes. Really? Yeah. Oh, Newport's yeah. one of my favorite places. Yeah. It's if awesome. I didn't have horses or animals, I would Newport's definitely the place I would go. Last time we were in Newport. Now, see, this is my ADD kicking in, but who cares? It's my show. Um, so the other day, or the last time we were in Newport was during one of the Italian, they had that big Italian festival every year. Oh. And uh, have you been to it yet, Nora? I've not been to the Italian festival. Is oh. that at the Yachting Center? Yes, and it's just the, oh, the food and the, the music. and, and the, the, That's one of the weekends you don't want to go into Newport because you just can't drive. Well, wait, uh, when is that? Is it like in the in, fall? I, I'd have to look it up. I'll look uh, it up while we're I'll chatting. I'll look it up because I want to go. Maybe yeah, just it was fun. Oh, it was fun. We had a great time there. Uh, but then, you know, everything. In, in, you, know, you drive around Newport and see the houses and do all that. It's just fun. And well, now that you don't have to take a uh, a boat to get to Newport, which you used to have to do. Um, well, maybe in your day, Grandpa. <laughs> I don't know, as long as I've been around, there have been bridges. <laughs> it's true, though. There used to have to take a boat to get there. Oh, well, all right, get- so let's, let's steer Glenn back to the conversation here. <laughs> so, okay. So now we have, so here you are. You are running your own program. You're, you're much, much happier because things are going the way... Um, for the most part, the way you expect them to. And one of the things that I've learned in meeting uh, other horse professionals is that nobody's ever really happy until they work for themselves. Um, until they, you know, they, that they, they, I want to do it my way and that's the best way. And that's okay. Even if that way, even if there are 10 different ways. Um, okay. So here's a point that I think is sort of important to, to talk about. The upcoming generation of horse, horse professionals, one of the, the things that I have I've found is that um, these pros, as they call themselves, they want to go right to the top with their business. They want to run their own farm. They want to have their own programs. They want to do it the way they know. They don't want to work for anybody else, and yet they don't want to spend the time to put in their dues. Now, what I like about Nora is that you not only you spent the time on your education, but you spent the time... Uh, you devoted your time to certification programs that were w- worked in conjunction with your education. You worked. You went to work at Starbucks. You went to work for Leslie. You uh, worked in a bank. So you paid your dues in in different ways, which I think helped prepare you to be your own boss. Um, what do you think about that sort of conundrum? Those who want to go right to the top and own their own business or run their own program without actually having that entry-level experience. Well, that's a little bit of the problem with this industry is that there's no, there's no one to stop you from going ahead and opening your own barn and buying your own horses and running your own program. Right. So in my experience, I would never be able to do this if I hadn't gone to college, if I hadn't worked for Leslie, if I hadn't worked for the other trainer teaching lessons in the area, I would have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) That doesn't Um, mean you couldn't do it. It just means you wouldn't be successful at it. Yes. The the horses wouldn't be well, the riders wouldn't be happy, and the barn wouldn't be making money. 
Mm. And I think that's why a lot of barns fail, particularly um, in the economic struggle. Um, if you're not taking good care of the horses and you're not taking good care of your clients, you're just not going to make any money. And yes, I love horses, but I also have to make a living. And I wouldn't be able to do this without those experiences. So you just can't take the, the shortcut in the, in the long run. Shortcut doesn't work. Nope. So what's next for you, do you think? What's next for me? Well, I am beginning my master's degree in equine science. Love it. Which is very <laughs> exciting for me because I am a nerd and I love school. <laughs> You're um, not a nerd. School is cool, man. School is cool. That's what I tell all my kids. Um, so I'm very excited to start that. I am a little nervous that it will be a lot on my plate for the winter. Um, but I think overall it's only going to make me better at what I do um, and make me more knowledgeable about the horses and how to take better care of them and all that good stuff. And hopefully that will take me in the direction of more collegiate teaching is really where I want to go. <clears throat> I don't want to slave away in the barn for 10 hours every day for the next 30 years. Okay. Um, I would like to work smarter. So I, I really want to work in a college and, and teach in the kind of program that, that I learned in and um, help guide more young professionals in a positive direction for this business and not a negative one. Mm, I love it. I love where the horse industry is going. If we can get more folks like you out there, and, and you have a well, hand in creating more folks like you, I think we'll be heading in the right direction. I agree. I think that um, the industry is a little slack. I think that the that horses deserve to be cared for better, and all riders should be safer. And I want to be a part of of creating that environment, creating a higher demand for educated professionals. Well, mm. I think we should just leave it at that. Right there. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, Nora. We appreciate you being on. In the meantime, because I'm all about food, I looked it up, and you both need to get together and go to the Festa Italiana in yeah. downtown Newport on October 9th through 11th. Oh, perfect. So, And get there early, and, and I hope you know a secret <laughs> to parking, because that's the biggest problem we had. But uh, it, Well, she it, lives there. So. Oh, it's great. I, uh, you could probably walk you can there. Park in my park in my driveway, and we'll walk downtown. Oh, it's fun! It's a great it's time, great. and the food's good, and and we just had a blast. They have entertainment and bands going the whole time. It was fun. Well, we're, we're, that's on on my calendar. It's there official. you go. Well, thank you, Nora. We appreciate you being on with us. Well, thank you. It was fun. Well, that was great. That was she was she was everything you said she would be. Yeah, I know. When when somebody like that comes along, you want to grab them and just. Hold on to them and get them out in the world. And you're right. At her age, I mean, she she has learned some life lessons along the way. And she's very mature for her age. And it, it's good to see. I mean, I, I was thrilled to, to talk to her. And, her and, and she has such a kind, effective way of working with horses and people of all ages. I, I've never met anybody so adaptable to different personalities, both equine personalities and human personalities. I think she's, um, she's a very talented individual. And she lives in Newport. I know. How cool is that? <laughs> you really, you, honestly, the next time, Jen, you guys come out, we, we got to do a day in Newport. It's oh, we such do. a we, fun little city. Oh, we love Newport. That's, yeah. We you know we went there on our honeymoon. 
I didn't know that. Yeah, we went to Newport, Rhode Island on our honeymoon, saw the houses, uh, the houses, saw the little houses that were there. Oh, they're and, adorable. Uh, and we just spent, uh, we spent uh, uh, some time in Newport. We absolutely loved it. Then we went over to the aquarium and did, okay. did all of that. Yeah. We've not been there yet. We have to get take Gracie there. She'll love oh, it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's take a break here for Equestrian Collections and talk about their fantastic new shipping program. Equestrian Collections is a true innovator in the retail horse world, and they have done it again, this time with their new shipping program. It's called their Unlimited Shipping Program, and there are two options, and you can choose the one that's best for you. It's simple. Pay only $34.95 one time a year and get unlimited one-way shipping to you from Equestrian Collections. You heard right. Pay only $34.95 once a year for unlimited shipments. The second option is only $15 more. You pay only $49.95 for unlimited two-way shipping. That means even your returns will be covered. That's unlimited shipping both ways for as little as 15 cents a day. Think about it. Even if you ordered every day, you won't pay any more for those shipments. Now that's an innovative company at Equestrian Collections.com. So we, we've got some life lessons that we've talked about today. Um, we we Clearly, we have we've had uh, Nora's, but um, you know, you also have a new person in your life because I refer to horses as people. Beaker. Yes, and you know it's been interesting because Beaker is a quarter horse that's been there, done that on the trail. He's been ridden western. He's he neck reins, and you know we've had and my wife and I are just absolutely loving having a horse you can sit on and you can just ride. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to train the horse. You just ride. But it's been interesting because we've had some friends riding the horse uh, that, you know, come over and want to go for a ride. So we'll take one of the other horses at the barn and, you know, Beaker's safe for anybody. So you just throw them up on Beaker. But the the interesting thing is that people have a tendency to want to fix him, to want to train him when they ride him. And it's been interesting to see my wife's reaction to this has been, I don't want him trained. I like him just the way she, the way he is. But yet we get so conditioned to always be wanting to train the horse. Right. You know, especially if you're in, if you're competitive and if that's the way you've been. And she was that way too. Yeah. But, but, you know, it's, it's interesting how things change now. We're just both happy, just riding, you know, just getting on, sitting there and riding. And letting the horse be the horse, exactly. not trying to change anything. I know. That's, exactly. And that's, that's interesting. I think that's been the in, most interesting thing that we've seen happen around having this particular new horse is, it, you know, and it, it, at some point she just wants to go, stop trying to fix the horse. He's, you know, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, he neck reins. You just let him neck rein. You know, he canters with his head up in the air like a giraffe. That's fine. <laughs> she did you say know, that. It's, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things where... We really don't want to train this horse anymore. We just want to enjoy the horse. And, I, you know, I think you do get to that point in your life where you're, 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 you're like, okay, I just want to have one I can ride. Right. I just want to have fun. I don't yeah. want to do anything when I'm up there. I just want to go up and have fun. And it's, he probably does. He's probably very happy riding around. Like oh, a he is. He's, you ride him on a loose <laughs> rein. You neck rein him because he really doesn't steer. So, you know, you neck rein him. He steers just fine. You just can't use, you just don't use two hands, you know? Right. And, right. and then, what, you know, if you're an English rider and you go, ah, oh, you just have to sit back and go, you know, 
this is easier anyway. So right. Why That's just... a huge lesson. I That's know. a huge lesson, <laughs> especially one to have without blood and, and gut spillage. Well, he's it's... teaching us to relax and just enjoy the ride instead of trying to work all the time. Yes. You know, wow. and you know, because you're a little bit that way, too. I'm very much that way. Yeah, you're a worker. You know, oh, sitting God. on the horse, I have to be doing something, you know. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, That's why I'm dying to get back out on the trails just when I don't have to do anything and just chill. Yes. I take over. You know, and, I, and you're going to have, you know, you want to get into endurance and, and you're going to have to, there's, gonna, there's a fine line when you're doing endurance between that work, 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 work. And, and, and somewhat enjoying the ride because you can't go a hundred miles with, you know, without enjoying a little bit. Well, you know, um, I used to say I had, when I, when I first started riding, I had a trainer who was, she was a ring rider, she, she jumpers and dressage, and she never really got out of the ring and she couldn't understand why I loved fox hunting so much. And I used to say, you know, one of the things that I appreciate the most, one of the things that I learned through fox hunting was that. You know, sometimes you make the decisions and sometimes you have to let your horse make the decisions out there. Um, you, you have to be willing to trust your animal to make, you know, pick the right path through something, uh, pick his footing, uh, understand when he needs to step on the gas pedal, you know, and you have to go along for the ride. And she could never understand the concept of letting your horse make a couple of those decisions. You know, the human always had to be in control. Right. And, um, you know, it, it's the same thing with endurance rides. Any anytime you, you, it's like you sit down and you are, what motivates you on any given day? You sit on your horse and you just want to go and chill out. You have to learn how to do that. Well, and I could tell you now, Jen, Jennifer's never going to let you ride a horse. <laughs> but no, that, that's just is it is is that that Beaker's exactly the kind of horse I need to sit on. Yeah, and just need to enjoy and and and, and you do because you'd really. You don't have to do anything. You know, no. you just sit there and enjoy the scenery and enjoy the ride. And uh, you, so what, now you've had a lot go on. We talked about it at the top of the show. Yes. You've had a lot go on in the last year. What have you taken away from the last year? Probably the greatest lesson that I've learned is uh, why wait? Why, why wait and put off until tomorrow what you can do today? You know, um, I, for a long time, I didn't know if I wanted to get another horse. Um, for a long time, I didn't know if I wanted to have my horses at home. I thought I did, but I was too afraid to actually go after it. And you know what? I asked my family to pick up and move to a whole new state and change their lives completely. And even me, I changed my life completely. And I'm so glad that I did because there's this, there's this cliche. It's that I now fully believe in, which is that when one door closes, another one opens and, you never know what's going to be on the other side of that door, what wonderful adventures might be out there until you open the door, until you actually do it. You wouldn't have met Nora. I wouldn't have met Nora, who is, has totally changed my life. Um, I wouldn't have, I mean, I'm building a barn and I'm going to keep my horses at home. I'm scared out of my mind because. Um, That's partly the OCD, everybody. It is partly the OCD. Yeah. I'll, my horses will probably just be fine. But, um, you know, and, and then can you afford it? Can I actually afford to build a barn and keep my horses at home? Can I afford two horses? Hell no. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't think anybody can, but no. we do it anyway. <laughs> but you can get creative about, uh, you know, cutting your costs and, and keeping You can get creative at- about which jelly and peanut butter you buy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it's, you know, I could have waited until I was dead before I did any of these things. And sometimes you just have to close your eyes and jump. 
Well, it's sort of, I think it goes along with the, the, the good analogy there is, is having kids. If you wait till you have money to have kids, you're never going to have kids. Or, and, or you wait until you're ready. Wait till you're ready to have kids, you're never going to have them. You wait you know, till you're ready to have a horse, you're never going to have one. You know, we have our friend down here who has 10 children. If, she didn't have money to have 10 children, but they get by. They, they do it. He, and, and, and it's happening. You know, there's, the, there's something to be said for putting away, you know, saving your money and putting things away for your retirement and when you get older. And, you know, I'm not saying that you want to completely abandon your long-term plans. What I'm saying is that um, some people, me included, will put off those things because you just, you never quite have the confidence or you never quite feel ready. And sometimes you, the only way to get ready is to live it. Right. You know, I, I mean, what I, did I go out looking for an Arab saddlebred cross? No way. I wanted a quiet, <laughs> kick along, plug, 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 plug. And now I get a spooky, high-headed, totally athletic Arab cross who I love and is teaching me things about myself I, never, I would not have learned otherwise. So, you know, again, that's one of those life lessons. Knock on wood, we haven't had any blood spillage yet. <laughs> Although he did kick me in the gut last yeah, week. Yeah, you you, I saw your Facebook post. Yeah, he... Um, he, we, I got in the way. It was an accident. Thank Kicked God. Kicked out at some flies or something? He was kicking at his belly. Um, when you, when we walk from the barn out into the sunlight, he gets attacked by flies. And he's got a very, very sensitive abdominal area. So and, and your flies in, the, in Rhode Island also were ranked as the nastiest in all 50 states. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he was kicking at his belly and it, it, it just so happened I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and he nailed me with his... He, not his hoof, but his pastern, and he got me in the ribs and oh, the guts. Oh, you're lucky you didn't have broken ribs. You're not kidding. You're not kidding. And, um, you know, again, well, that was, I can't quite say there was blood, but there was some bruising. <laughs> I bet there was. <laughs> but we're not talking about that kind of lesson today. Now, I, we can tell you all the blood stories you want between my wife and I over, over the years with the horses. <laughs> We've had plenty of those. Actually, the, um, one of the carpenters who's building my barns was talking about uh, his his girlfriend and uh, his daughter went out riding in a field the other day on, on two mares who hadn't been ridden in seven months. And uh, neither of them are really solid riders. And, of course, they kicked off at a gallop. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they ate some dirt. <laughs> so I said, oh, you know, that's awful. And he looked at me and said, have you ever fallen off? <laughs> no, <laughs> I started, never. <laughs> I started howling. <laughs> I said, how much time do you have? <laughs> so do you think we've asked this of our guests? And I'm going to ask this of you, because it kind of goes along with what we're talking about today and a little bit about what Nora said. Do you think that as a whole, the horse community is more educated than it was in the past? Or do you think that things are, have been, are about the same and they always will be about the same? I think it is more educated than it has been in the past for a, a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I think that it's that equestrian sports all are evolving and slowly making their way into the American mainstream. Um, so there's more discussion about horses as you know, and, and equestrianism as a sport. Number two, I think with the internet, with even like the Chronicle of the Horse forums, the discussions that go on there with Facebook, with all the, the online chat rooms that have to do with horses and the, sharing of information, I think people are starting to get on the same page about what works and what doesn't work when it comes to horses. So I think that is adding to the collective education of horse enthusiasts all over the world. 
Well, I think, too, that the Internet has done a lot for that because it's just easier to consume and to find information about horses and training and everything that you're dealing with with your horses and feeding and all of that. It's just so much easier to do now that you have the Internet than it was years ago when you had to buy expensive books and yep. videos and, you know, what, uh, VCR tapes and things like that. <laughs> well, the, um, the Magazines. Probably- you know, the we're the only of, place you could get it, actually. Or your trainer, which right. presented a very one-sided view of life. And I think probably the greatest benefit that the Internet has given to me personally and, and perhaps others out there is that, you know, because there are so many different opinions and perspectives on, you know, I say this all the time, you ask the same question of 10 different horse people and you're going to get 10 different answers. One of the things that I look for in an area that I don't know much about when it comes to horses is, is consensus. So I'll go up and I'll Google something and I'll find an answer. And then if I find that answer, that same answer, two, three, four more times, I know that there's consensus and there's something more to that answer. You know, that it's not just one person's answer, that it's usually a generally accepted answer to my question. So the Internet is great for finding consensus on a particular horse problem or solution or advice and, and you I can do it in this you know in in, in under 20 seconds <laughs> and you know that's something too that we try and do here at the horse radio network is bring you uh bring you a variety of things mm-hmm. you know it's up to you to decide you know we've had guests on here that we don't agree with but we had them on you know and we've asked them the questions and you know we've been kind and considerate and yet i may not agree with them but but we offer that out there. We offer what they're saying as an option for you to investigate, and it's up to you to do the investigation further than that and decide whether you agree with them or not. And there is something to be learned from listening to them. Right. It might, and that thing that you learn might just be that you disagree with them. And, you know? we've, you know, I've made some friends here. We've made a lot of friends on the Horse Radio Network. And the Horse Radio Network, you know, one of the things you, you talked about this top of the show, too, the Horse Radio Network's been something new for us over the last two years. One of the things that we've learned is that, you know, there are all these silos and divisions within the horse world. There's like 50 different disseparate uh, pieces of the horse world. And nobody ever seemed to talk to each other before. I think the Internet's bringing people to those those silos and those those groups together like it never has before. Right. And and shows and and entertainment like the Horse Radio Network is even helping that. Uh, further along. And of course, that's one of our goals here. Our mission statement is uniting the horse world one show at a time. And I think that this show really leads that. Um, We're kind of leading the way to doing that. And we've made so many friends. And I don't agree with all of of them. And I don't have to. You know, I'm still friends with them. And they're friends with us. And and we don't all have to agree. We don't have to all agree politically or religiously or, or when it comes to our horses. And you may train a little bit different than I do. But we all have that common... We all have that common thread and that common goal, and that's to own horses, take good care of them, and enjoy them. And we're listening. And I think yep. the Horse Radio Network has made it easy to listen. And, and that's, you know, having a clo- closed ears and closed mind to things that are different from what you know was a huge stumbling block to, um, to everything as far as I'm concerned. You know, understanding people who are different than you creates compassion. And it creates brotherly love and it creates peace. When you don't understand something, you tend to shut it out and, and you're defensive about it. But when people listen, they hear things that make them understand. Again, you don't have to, to 
agree with everything, but I think it creates a more um, unified horse world. Right. People are more open. You know, you say, oh, I listened to this show. I listened to the Western radio show, and I learned things about Western riding and Western disciplines that I never even knew about before. So what does that do to that person listening? That encourages them to listen again to something that they've never heard before. And so now you've got a more open mind. And who knows what that can bring. Yep. Well, and on that, I think we're going to end today's show because we've just plain run out of time. Yeah, see, I got you all serious. And I, and I know, and I've just got a headache over here, <laughs> Helena. I think next week you know we should go back headaches? to Goofy because... You know, uh, you know what's good for headaches? What's that? Food. I know. I know. And I'm <laughs> thinking about that. All right. Thank you, Helena. This has been a good show, and I have enjoyed it. And, of course, I enjoy all the time that you and I spend together. And everybody can find our show notes and links from today's show at StableScoop.com. And they can leave us feedback on the contact link there on the website as well. Tell us what you've learned in the last year with your horses. Drop us an email. We'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio and Helena at... Alina underscore B-E-E. We want to thank all of our sponsors for being part of today's show and, and really making this all possible. You can visit all the shows on the network, all eight of them now, at horseradionetwork.com. Well, that's about it, Helena. We'll be back again next week. With some kind of scoop. Scoop.